Fitness Defender Weekly Podcast is the quarter-final edition against Ulster. Let's get straight into the action with William Davis and myself, Alan Deegan. Stuart Matoski in midfield. He's thrown out a rather wild pass that Balakon was collected. He's gone back inside, seemed to get a little bit of protection there. Balakon is away and he's hauled down by Jack Carty. He's a dangerous broken field runner. McCloskey again on the ball. Picked up and out to Jordy Murphy. Murphy driven back in the tackle. They're on the Connacht 10 metre line, right in the middle of the they pitch. Had numbers out wide if it went. They had numbers again. It's been two or three times on the left hand side of the field as Ulster play. They seem to be getting loads of numbers. Stephen Fitzgerald screaming for support. He's not getting it. Just coming up to 14 minutes. Ulster leading by three points to nil, but they're just having a period of dominance here. They're across from us on the far side over the 10 metre line picked up at the back there by Timoney who was acting as scrum half driven through and down by Marcel Kutsia John Cooney on the ball again he finds Burns that's fed out to Ross Kane ball into midfield still on the Connacht 10 metre line that pass might look forward but it's been let go Ulster in possession Connacht having to reset here Kutsia's got an offload away fed it out and this is an opportunity for Ulster they're driving up and over the line and they're in to score Nick Timoney took the opportunity of a good offload by Marcel Kotsia he got around the Connacht defender and Nick Timoney is in and Ulster lead by 8 points to nil coming up to 15 minutes gone yeah they've noticed something that Connacht, Connacht are not bouncing around bouncing back Connacht, Ulster are coming across playing from the left hand side of the field to the right they go back left and Connacht haven't filled in holes Stephen Fitzgerald has twice before that play was screaming for support he didn't get it a lot of Connacht players standing watching seeing what was going on that's a real defensive error by Connacht excellent try from Ulster and in all honesty they deserved it because they, they found a, a weakness and they pushed on it and they scored from it Set the number eight tightening. Marmion feeds it. Dave Heffernan hooks it. Jared Butler has it at the back. Ball on the 10 metre line. He picks it up, feeds it to Marmion. Marmion goes inside. A missed move at Bundiaki. Rather pass out to Matt Healy. Healy's off and going. Healy is inside the 22, but he's on his own. He needs a little bit of support. It's arriving now. Kieran Marmion. He gets it into. Colby Fianga, Fianga 10 metres short and Connacht are on the attack again out to Owen McEwen, McEwen absolutely in midfield, 15 metres out from the Ulster goal line this is an opportunity and Ulster have gone off their feet at that and the referee's whistle sharply blows and this will be an opportunity for Connacht to get some points on the board you'd expect him to kick this, it's almost right in front of the post that was a fantastic piece of play from Jack Carty beautiful scrum in the middle of the field Hells perfectly well a little bit of a mismove and then Carty got the ball and threw the most gorgeous looping pass Balakum was kept out of position Healy let the ball come to him and then just went past him as if he wasn't there and almost got past Lowry as well he was very very close to making it the whole way super piece of play from Connacht that'll really get their spirits going and getting a score on the board is massive at this stage of the game great pass from Carty and the, the, the big thing about that was because Bundy cut back inside he took two Ulster defenders with him they, they're tracking him yeah. he got the space silence descends again he's going through his routine he's on his way he puts his boot to ball it's straight between the posts and Jack Carty has got Connacht's first points of the game in the 30th minute this is an important kick 47 minutes gone here the clock ticking along it's Ulster 11 Connacht 3 this kick is maybe 
12 metres inside the Ulster half. It's to the right-hand side of the post. Great to hear silence here. They've had problems in the past at this ground with penalty kickers being booed, but there isn't a sound. We await Jack Carty. Important kick for Connacht. Opportunity to claw themselves a little bit closer to Ulster. They're 11-3 down. He's on his way, kicks on his way, and it's a dreadful kick, really. He got right underneath it. It drifts to the left and wide. It never had a chance. It's touched down by Ulster. It was on the edge of his range, and he tried to force it. You could see it. His, his standing foot didn't quite have the sort of normal uh, strength that he would normally have on there, and he bounced it along. So that, that's, a, that's an important miss for Connacht. This game has suddenly got very open. Rob Little take, tackled. He's in. And Cooney again orchestrated and finds Ross Kane. Kane drives up just inside the Connacht 10 metre line. Ulster playing from right to left. 55 minutes gone. They lead by 11 points to three. There's an intercept for Connacht and he's Kayanga's away. He's up and over the 10 metre line. He finds Bundiaki. Bundy's gone. Bundiaki is in under the post. He's waving his arms. He's in for the try. That's Bundy's fourth try against Ulster. He loves scoring tries against Ulster. He scored over a quarter of his tries in the Pro 14 against Ulster. That, that was badly needed from Connacht because things were starting to get a bit messy. They were, they'd, lost, they'd lost some sort of control on the field. They were getting angry. They were getting annoyed with each other. But that's going to settle them down. And I see Dave Heffernan's just gone off. Dave Heffernan gone off to be replaced. And suddenly it just... In a matter of minutes, the game just seemed to completely break open. Yeah. A um, couple of maybe odd, odd decisions. And as you say, Connick tried to get... Caelan Blade has come on. He's tried a bit of pace on the ball. Shane Delahunt is on. He's running around planting people on the back. This is an easy conversion. It's as simple as the penalty that Jack Carty had in the first half. And this is going to make it a one-point ball game. Finds Tom Daly. Daly takes the pass out. Gets in there. Connick just... And a penalty to Connacht. Penalty to Connacht, and Marcel Coetzee has been pinged for playing the ball on the ground, I think. It is the gigantic figure of Coetzee walking back. I think he was. He came in from the side, I think is what he's saying. Yeah, he came in from the side. Yeah. Um, and it was a good clean-out from Paul Boyle to, to get him. And, and, you know, you now have a situation that's going to back to be a, a one-point game because it's a fairly straightforward kick. It is, Alan, but he hasn't got it yet. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> At this time, 66 minutes, and this is very much within his range. It's about 7, 8, 10 metres out, nah, 8 metres outside the 22. It's right in the middle of the field. He's got it up on the tee. Good stuff, Andy. Keep o- it going now. Ulster okay. leading by 14 points to 10. This is the opportunity to go back to a one-point game. We knew it was going to be tight. The kick is... Great between the posts. It's a one-point game. It's Ulster 14, Connacht 13. 68 minutes gone, 12 minutes to go. And Connacht defending valiantly. They've gained a yard. They're two metres short over on the far side. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that Ulster aren't going for a drop goal here because if a drop goal puts, you know, four points between, which means Connacht would have to score a try rather than just get a penalty or something. Shanahan goes himself and gets thumped down back into the middle of the mall. He took, a, he took a go there. He thought he saw a gap. It closed very quickly. And, and there's a try for Ulster. It's come out the side of the rock. And that is the game. I think it's Kutsia. And well, what a game he's had. And I can't see Connor coming back from that. Unless the conversion is missed and Connor got a try. But that's huge. 
huge. But Sia got the opportunity. He got himself free. Shanahan went himself. That might have attracted a couple of the Connacht defenders. They had to push him back in, but the ball came out the side. And Marcel Kutsia's in. It's Ulster 19, Connacht 13, 77 minutes and 40 seconds. And we're now waiting for the conversion. Yeah, we Tom Farrell missed the tackle. This has been not a, this is a day Tom Farrell didn't remember. He's made numerous mistakes today. It just hasn't been a good day from Kutsia wriggled out of his tackle and got over the try line. Yeah, stretched his arm out. Shane Delahunt coming round the side. Probably saw the danger coming. And Kutsia, this massive man, and he gets the ball down. It's bang on the 22. The referee is in attending it very closely, but Ulster have it at the back. Shanahan has it. One more play. They're counting One it down. Play. It's going to come back. It's going to come back and it's going to be cleared and Shanahan takes it and he picks it up and over the stand on the far side the ball goes over the roof the crowd explode it's Ulster 21 Connacht 13 here in the Kingspan Stadium and Ulster have prevailed by 8 points this evening they're on their way to play Glasgow in the semi-final in Friday week in Scotstone Allen. Well, you, you have to give it to them. I think they, they were the better team on the day. They, when they got the opportunities to score, they took their opportunities and they scored them. Three times, Connacht got within five metres of the try line and only scored one of them, whereas Ulster scored two. Um, I think they, they showed a little bit more at, at times. Connacht have left nothing out there. It was a huge display from Connacht. They played very well. One or two players didn't play as well as they might have done. Um, I think the, the, the slow start from Connacht cost them. They were 8-0 down after, what, 3-4 minutes, and it's an 8-point game at the end. Um, so, you know, they've, they've nothing to nothing to feel. Like, it's been a hell of a season. Andy Friend's first season got Connacht into Europe, which was the biggest thing of all. Got a, a quarter-final in the, only the second time ever that Connacht has got to this stage of the competition. So you can't really deny that it's been a successful season overall. Disappointing to finish like this but you know Ulster the only team to have beaten Ulster all year at home are Connacht and you know Ulster have proven this is some place to come and try and win a game and that they, they deserve to be won in the end it got very difficult for Connacht from the time Bundy went off and yeah. I suppose that, that's a very easy statement to make but they had a toehold in the game there and they just weren't quite able to close it out and then they started to, go, to be pushed back yeah. and this is why Ulster have had this record at home this season yeah. they find a way to win and their key player stood up, um, Kutsia there at the end. Fine, yeah. fine bit of work. Um, and then you look at it, Connacht made three or four mistakes. And they got four, three or four scores out of those mistakes. If you look at it, their last try came from the fact that Daly, Connacht had a brilliant line out. Worked it down the field, everything was going really well. Ball came out to Daly and he ran two upright into Stuart McCluskey. And McCluskey is, you know, McCluskey's an international player. And you don't run into a guy who's the same size or bigger than you at that height. You're not going to be able to get the ball back. You're not going to be able to control the ball. They turned the ball over, kicked it into the corner and then spent the next six, seven minutes down there before they got that try that they fully deserved in all honesty. Um, but Connacht were good. I thought Connacht did as much as they could. Um, they just weren't quite clinical enough. Well, that's the story here in Kingspan this evening. It was a valiant effort by Connacht, but they, they have lost by 21 points to 13. We would like to thank the Connacht Rugby Supporters Club, the Connacht Clan, for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out connachtclan.com. 
Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com and follow Connacht Clan on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for all your supporting needs. We have plenty of post-match audio for you this week. We're going to hear first from the Connacht camp with Andy Friend and Jared Butler and we'll follow that up with audio from Dan McFarland and Rory Best. Andy, it's been a long season, long time to get here. What's the feeling now? It's disappointing, tough now. What's what's it like in the dressing room at the moment? Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of disappointed men, and um, there's some tears down there too. We got a few boys. It's their last time pulling on the jersey, and they certainly didn't want to finish it that way. Nor did nor did uh, nor did I, nor did the staff. So uh, it is a little bit hard at the moment to probably reflect on what we've done this season. Um, I think we all saw ourselves. As you have to, you've got to come into these games thinking you can win it, and I thought we, you know, we, we thought we could win that. Uh, must give credit to Ulster. I thought they were very good there today, and they worked hard for the win, and they got it. It got down to a one-point game, and it was tight. And I suppose that's the sort of thing you'll have to analyse on the day. But is there anything that strikes you on tonight that maybe just was the difference between the two teams? Marcel could see it. I thought he was brilliant. Every time he carried, he was a bull. He just took the ball across the line every time. He was on or around the football. He was wreaking havoc with us. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was uh, he was outstanding there today. And um, yeah, he gave them energy when they needed it. Uh, it just looked like we were going to get our noses in front. He, he came up with another big play, and it's probably just for him that he got the the winning try. And who stood out for Connacht in your mind? Who was? Stand stood in a very high tempo, tough physical game. Yeah, it was. It was. I thought um, you know, there's moments. I thought our, our, I thought our set piece, our line out, dominated their line out. Um, I thought uh, you know we had some some real physicality in in uh, in the centres with Bundy and Tom. I thought they did well. I thought the backfield covered the ground pretty well. Um, yeah, it's probably hard. I just thought it was again it was a, a workmanlike performance from the whole team, but just not enough to get us across the line in the end. I think probably our first 25 minutes didn't help us, mate. We're a bit slow out of the blocks. Uh, they got a bit of a start on us. Um, I thought we rallied well in the second half. Uh, it was a genuine arm wrestle, which we thought it was going to be. I thought they scrambled very well. I thought we, you know, we cut them open a couple of times and um, were probably guilty of not finishing, uh, but that was probably down to their their dogged defence. I thought they worked really hard off the football and challenged our ball and defended well. Um, but yeah, in the end, it was there was always going to be a team disappointed. Unfortunately, it was us. Yeah, when so we made a few good line breaks, got down into their into their 22 and, and just didn't finish things off there. And whether that's a patience thing, whether it's a, a physicality thing, um, not sure. We'll have a look at that. Uh, but yeah, you, you've got to pay a compliment to, to their defence. They it meant a lot. For them, not that it didn't for us, but uh, they probably won that physical battle today. Yeah, I said it through the week. We, st- we still and we still haven't therefore played our best 80 minutes of football. We, we see glimpses of it, but it's it's how we can um, you know keep keep that accuracy and that that uh, the clinical performance that we're looking for for longer periods. So that's going to be our biggest work on um, as a group. Uh, on top of that, you know we'll continue to work on our on our fitness areas and our strength areas. Um, the culture that we're building there, which is a real positive at the moment, but but I know we've got more to, more growth in that as well. So still a lot to go, but uh, um, yeah, that's all for pre-season and next year. Yeah, we, we don't have this, uh, the physicality there at the moment. I think some of our rugby smarts is very, very clever and 
some of the options you sort of you know, the, the little move down the, the front side of the, the line out there um, on any other day that's a try but they scrambled well enough and they shut that down you know the lovely pass from Jack Cardi out to Matt Healy on another day that's a try but they scrambled well and they shut that down so must pay a compliment to Ulster they worked their backsides off there today they nullified the opportunities that we created and um, they're off to a semi-final and from where it was when you started to where you got to now, would you have taken this, or do you always have to aim slightly higher? Yeah, I think you got to aim higher. You know, it's um, you, you, yeah, you don't, you don't, you, you've got to get into the in the knockout stages, um, and we got into the knockout stages. But once you get there, you got to make sure you go further, and that's that's got to be our goal for next year. Andy, good to talk to you. It's a long trip back for us, but. We'll talk again soon when you've had a bit more time to reflect on that. Good on you, William. Thanks for your support this year. OK, Jared, it's tough to take that loss, but I don't think you guys left anything on the field, did you? Jeez, it was bitterly disappointing. Um, you know, full credit to Ulster there. They just came, that first 25 minutes, they threw everything at us. And um, you know, I thought for the most part, we managed it pretty well. Uh, when we came in there at half-time, we felt like we had a real good shot and it was, you know, the tide was going to turn a little bit and we were going to be able to build some pressure ourselves. But... Um, Jeez, they kept, they kept keeping us out, you know, and it was frust- as frustrating as it was. Um, there's not much we can do about it now. And like, is, is there anything in particular you felt that went wrong at the day? Like, it was a bit of a slow start. Oh, look, you know, we we knew we're here, we're in Ulster, it's probably best last home game. We knew they were going to come out with so much energy, um, and you know, to be able to deal with that first and foremost was going to be a huge task. And um, like I said, when we came into the sheds and it was 11-3. We felt like you know we weathered the storm here. We were still in the contest. Um, we haven't played any footy yet, and if we can just get the ball and start building some phases and putting on some pressure ourselves, um, you know we'd, we'd be able to bring it back. But um, you know maybe we didn't capitalise on some opportunities when we got into the 22. We kind of we fell into that trap of trying to play that one-out rugby like they were doing so well, and um, you know we'll look back at it and, and be disappointed, but. You know, it's been a hell of a year and, and we'll take lots of positives out of it, I suppose, where we can. Absolutely, and of course the fans gave you... And I've been coming up here for years and it's the first time I've ever heard that many Connacht fans up here. It must have been great to have that on the sideline. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You know, I saw a couple of the videos there of the everyone there at the Galway bus depot all lining up together. I was like, jeez, this is going to be interesting. And uh, But the Galway, the, the Connacht fans have been... They've been it's blown my mind where they've turned up. You know, they turn up in South Africa, they turn up in Wales, they turn up at yeah. Kingspan, and um, you know, they're so vocal. vocal and um, you know, it's such a big part of the kind of you know community, and, a, and, a, and it just makes it so much more fun. It does. Thanks very much, Jared. Well, as, as always, the, uh, the the amount we worked in there, we uh, we got some good collisions, uh, we got some short turnovers. Um, you know, um, we, we we knew and we talked about in the week that the, the fact that. Uh, uh, they're a very dangerous team um, and that they can expose you and they did on a couple of occasions and we scrambled um, got back our control got back our composure and, uh, and, and managed to uh, um, stop them from, from scoring and, and they, they didn't score a try with their attack so uh, um, you know that was that was really pleasing um, I, well it's, it's, it's massive isn't it but uh, um, you know we're, we're in it to win it so uh, you know, the, the, the goal of the start of the season will always be for us to, to um, consistently be in playoff games. And the more playoff games you, you, you play, the better you get at them. The more chance you have of winning them because they are they are an individual beast. Um, so w- winning one now will, will give us experience. Um, um, 
but going to Glasgow, we're, we're under no illusion as to uh, as to the task there, having been there about a month ago and uh, and, and sent home packing. Yeah, the the, the, the lads did really well. As um, um, you, know, you, you know me, I love the I love the scrum, and um, uh, one of the things I love uh, about the scrum is uh, it's such a joint effort. Eight fellas having to work as one, um, and there's there's something that you can. Uh, you, you can pretty much place your house on that uh, if you're asking guys to work for each other, uh, Ulster's the place you want to be. Um, you know, against what is a very experienced front row, um, you know, they're, they're, they they have a scrum that uh, they rightly described in the in the week as as teams fearing them. Um, you know, you're certainly wary of their scrum and. It, Last last two occasions we played, they, uh, they 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 certainly got on top of us. But uh, today our lads uh, our lads worked extremely hard. W- one thing I, I, I've learned in rugby, one of the reasons I love rugby, is because of the fact that it is about the team. Um, but there is no doubt that when it comes to uh, playoff games um, at this level, when you're playing against an, uh, an opposition of the quality of Connor, um, you need big plays. And big players make big plays. And you know Marcel will will win collisions um, that, that that most people in rugby just can't win. Um, and you know I thought Connor did a, a a good job in their in their defence today. But uh, both him and uh, um, Ian Henderson consistently won collisions there, um, and that's that's so important. Um, you know he's just loving playing his rugby. I think that's the that's the biggest thing for him. Now Mar- look, Mar- Marcel's. Uh, um, uh, a great player, and he, he wants to play for his country, and, and that's a, you know, that's 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 a great thing for any player. We would always encourage that. Um, you know, we would love to see our players uh, representing the country to the best of their ability. Um, you know, you, you're at a stage of the season where you, you've done a lot of work. Um, lots of the systems are embedded now, um, so it's a, it's a question of making sure we're absolutely fresh physically. So a lot of a lot of time will be spent by the support staff doing that, who do a remarkable job. Um, and then we'll train uh, a little bit towards the back end of, uh, of next week, um, and uh, as we get into the, the very end of next week, we'll, we'll turn our eyes to, uh, uh, or the players will turn their eyes to Glasgow. <coughs> Coaches will be turning their eyes to Glasgow tomorrow afternoon. So uh. I, it, it, it does. And I think uh, out of the um, 46 players that were on uh, on on, uh, on the pitch today, um, uh, 43 of them are Irish qualified. I look through that, and uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, it does say something about the, the the strength of Irish rugby. But I mean, that's pretty apparent from uh, um, the positions that uh, they hold in different competitions, other than the Pro 14. So uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's yeah, it it, it is pretty useful. Um, it is pretty useful, um, as as it is for Connacht as well. So, like on a on a Thursday. Um, the players will, will will come in and, and in our unit meetings, um, they'll have all prepped their opposite numbers, and, and we go through uh, the opposition there, um, and they talk about them. And you know, I, I, you know, in a situation where you play against Connacht and, and where you coach those guys before, you, you can talk about them. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's not about you. See, and you certainly know their strengths. Um, like uh, at this level, there aren't many weaknesses in players. But uh, you, c- you certainly do have an angle on it, yeah. I'll try to keep it shorter than KV, will I? It's a strange day because I think when you're coming back from a bit of an injury, you're kind of a little bit uncertain anyway. You just want to get into the game, you want to get started. But 
I think when the game's a knockout, when it's your last game at the Kingspan, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotions and I think just waking up this morning you, you just wanted to get to five thirty five and just get the thing started and get underway. It felt like a, a long enough day, but yeah, look it was I think in terms of, of a gutsy performance and, and a win, I think it's something we're really proud of. But yeah, look there's it's funny the the things that get you know, and driving in and sort of thinking that it was almost I think I said a few times that it, when I leave home, you leave home in great weather and you get to somewhere between Dromore and Hillsborough and the rain starts and that's sort of been felt like my Ulster career at home and ironically enough I got to Hillsborough and it, it felt like it was going to start raining, I was going you are kidding me um, and those are the little bits, like they're the bits you'll miss um, you remember bits of the game, you don't remember that much of the game, so those sort of memories and those feelings and, and pulling in here, walking through coming out for the warm up uh, thankfully the terrace was, was well full for the warm up and just all those those little special moments were is is what they'll like it's what it's all about um, then obviously coming down the tunnel with the kids was well, actually leaving the pitch after the warm up and they were already in the tunnel was tough enough but look it was a, it was a great day Enjo- thankfully it was enjoyable because the result that Dan has come in and Dan's made a big a big statement about how it's the entire team and, and the entire squad and, and it doesn't matter what 15 or 23 are out there that, that everyone is important and I think we got this home quarter final largely because of the, the way we played through the Six Nations which you know the Six Nations we don't have as many away as we'd like but still it's a tough time for your squad because you're sort of everyone's concentrating international rugby you're kind of playing a little bit second fiddle you have people away you have people injured and um yeah, well, we performed really well there. So to get after this game and to get everyone in, um, it was nice just to, to address the squad and I suppose speak a little bit on, on behalf of, of KV and I. Cause I think, if, like I said earlier, if you let him start, we'd, we'd still be there. Uh, God knows how many antidotes he'd have at this stage. And he loves the story. So um, thankfully I spoke. I mean, we got through it pretty quickly. But look, it's they're an amazing bunch to, to be around him. I think we showed today again the start of the season, what were twenty odd down against Edinburgh, twenty odd down against Scarlets came back with draws and wins and it seems so long ago and, and even when Connacht got within a point today, I think Ulster teams that have played in the past would have really went onto the back foot and tried to hang on, whereas this team they pushed on and, and that score and, and fairness to Billy with that kick. Um we played a lot of rugby and he was tired but you know, that kick was really, really important for us to give us a bit of breathing space. And I think it's, we have a lot of character in that changing room. Like this place means a, means a lot to me. Um, I think it's it's been a really special place for me for, for years now. You know, obviously 15 years playing, but whenever you, you go back to some of my first memories here, coming as a supporter and, and have played so many times here, and then to get that reception coming off, it, it means a lot because, like I say, this, this place does genuinely mean the world to me and yeah, look, I think it's it's nice to get the reception that I got like they've had some, some big moments I mentioned in the press conference I can probably speak a little bit better now because I can hold it together a bit but like I still remember 2013 coming back here after that Lions announcement and the reception I got then and um, you know like those are the bits that, that you'll never forget those are the bits that mean the world to you because it at a time when you feel isolated, this place just, I suppose, gives you, for want of a better expression, it gives you a big hug and, and says that, you know, look, we think a lot of you and, and today was was no different. It was, it's obviously, from a selfish point of view, it is really, really nice getting that sort of reception.
Ben asked me, I don't know if today, yesterday asked me when I first played for Ulster. I said, 2004, you know that? And he went, no, no, no. Like, when was the first time you pulled on a, an Ulster shirt? I went, oh, it was 1998 with, with Ulster schools. And he went, ha. Because, you know, that was the same year that Mike Laurie was born. And I went, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. It's um, exactly what I needed to hear going into a game when I'm a bit unsure about my ankle. I've always been trying to be really focused on making sure that I play well. You know, no distractions. It's all about the rugby. and um, But you, you kind of have one eye making sure that, that you gauge it right you don't overstay your welcome and um, I think as long as you, you feel you can still have pivotal moments in the game um, then you feel you can still contribute I think the last thing any player especially one that, that's played for a long time and has played at the top of his game you don't want to feel like you're a bit part player you want to still be that sort of pivotal face in the team and I still feel that this season it's been and look in fairness to Rob Hearn this season he's been fantastic and you know, every time you feel that you're going well, he plays well, and you feel him breathing down your neck. And the same with with Sean Cronin and Niall Scannell in Munster and Leinster. And um, that's sort of I think while you still have that competitive edge, you still want to be a part of it. And, and yeah, look, look, I've enjoyed trying to get better. Even this year, after 15 seasons here, I'd still go out the training pitch and see how you can be better because you have to be if you want to keep these boys away. And before we hear from Dave Finn and Lindy McKenzie again. William had the chance to catch up with friend of the podcast and Belfast newsletter rugby correspondent Richard Mulligan. Here's what he had to say about the match. Delighted to say Richard Mulligan from the newsletter, a regular contributor when we're here in Belfast joining me. Richard, 21-13 to Ulster. It was a tight old game there, wasn't it? It was very tight, and at least I'm not having to eat humble pie after the last time, and, and thankfully Lightning didn't strike twice in Belfast after October when I when I uh, had my tail rightly between my legs. But we were concerned about this one, there's no doubt. Um, however, Connacht came up without a chip on their shoulder, which probably helped. Ulster had got that other monkey off their backs. But, you know, in a way, I feel sorry for Connacht because I've watched them this season, and it's fantastic that they're back in the Champions Cup next year. And, you know, if it hadn't been Ulster... You'd have been hoping that Connor would have won this game today to get into a, a semi-final. Um, and boy, they came close. And, and when there was a time at twice they were within a point of Ulster, I thought this is going to turn. And it hinged on a couple of wee things that just didn't go Connor's way. And Ulster then, I think, inspired probably by Darren Cave and Rory Best, got the wee lift they needed and finally got over the line. I personally think that made a huge difference. This place was absolutely rocking. And uh, I think that's the sort of stuff that it was just, they just got certain things done. Marcel Kutsia had a hell of a game. He almost, he was almost stealing Rory's thunder out there today, you know. But, you know, from the moment Rory stepped on the pitch, the fans were right behind him. And when he walked out with his kids, the noise just got up and Ulster took that with them into the first 25 minutes and I think that was pretty crucial because the previous two times if I am right Connacht raced into a 14-0 lead and Ulster were, were nowhere to be seen I think that did make a difference but Marcel could see it and you know when you think of what that guy has been through he played once last year he played four games the year before he's come in this year he's got a proper season we, the Ulster public have now seen why Ulster signed Marcel could see it and he was huge in the physical area there today and you need someone like that in that and that was a hugely physical contest there'll be a couple guys who'll be very sore for maybe to the middle of next week and I think there's a few guys in the Ulster team are glad they've got a two week break before they're playing Glasgow Rory Best going what, what does that mean do you think for, for next season he's going to be very hard to replace just as just as Rory Best he's been around this place for so long it was interesting Ian Henderson when we had an interview with him this week said to me Ulster Rugby Rory Best 
has been Ulster Rugby for the past 10 years and it's just his you see him when he comes on for Ireland even he just lifts everybody around him he does wee things we saw the turnover a crucial turnover at the, early in the second half and he just does those things and it lifts everybody's spirits not just the fans but the team around him and you know yeah, I think he he'll be very it'll be very hard to replace someone like that and not just from a playing point of view but what he brings just to the to the team, to the squad, and you know, I don't think he's going to be too far away. You might see him dipping in around the corner the other time to have a wee chat with somebody, but you know, and I suppose in many respects we'll move on as well because we've seen so many players come and go throughout many places, and we will move on. And there will be times we'll think, well, if Rory Best was here, that wouldn't have happened. But you know what? Maybe that's something else I've got to learn. And I think they maybe have learned a bit of that this season. Similar situation probably in Connacht this season with John Muldoon. Because I think a lot of times players were inclined to think, ah, John will sort that, John will sort that. So it'll be an opportunity for some other players to step up now. That's, and that's what you want to see. And you know, you take the legs of Ian Henderson, who's probably the favourite to be captain next year, and he's the kind of player you're looking to be a leader. I think the other thing is, and I think you're right, John would have been a kind of a go-to figure, right, John, what do we do here? I think there's enough leaders now within the Ulster team there to that you're able to say, you know, we don't, okay, Rory's not there, but, oh, look, what's he doing? And Ian Henderson, or maybe the likes of Luke Marshall there, who we've seen this season coming on, he's another experienced another experienced player, leader there. Rob Herring has, has been captain as well. Um, I think there's enough people there to get them through. I think the captaincy is an important one. And, you know, people are saying Ian Henderson's favourite. He won't be around like Rory in many respects. Hasn't been around when the internationals are on. So somebody else will have to take the mantle on. And it's been done well this year by those players who have... Alan O'Connor, for example, has has been a good leader. Um, so somebody will step in. Um, there's still a big void to fill. There's no question about that. Looking ahead, Friday week, Glasgow, semi-final. Uh, opportunity to, to get into the final to play either... Leinster and Munster, so it could be an all-Irish Pro 14 final. Ulster are going to have to step up for that game, I feel. They'll have to raise it. I, I, you know, I, I think Connacht got in amongst them there today, and I don't think Ulster played to their best. If you look at the way Ulster played against Edinburgh, that's the kind of level you need to get to. Go back to the European Cup quarter-final against Leinster, and we saw a, different, a very different Ulster side then, and I think that has bowed well to them for how they won today. We saw them play in Glasgow the week after it. I think the emotions from the European Cup quarterfinal loss probably played a wee part in that. Um, there was a bit of a downer there to a degree. They've got two weeks to recover. I also think the big factor is the pitch. Um, and, you know, yes, they do train on a, uh, on a 4G pitch at the back of Keenspan here, but I think it's very different when you go to Scottstown and you're playing on that pitch. Yes, the fast tempo will suit Ulster, but we saw them over there, and, you know, Rob Little does everything right as a winger, and he still stops a metre short of the line. Luke Marshall drops up a bar, a ball bounces out of him as he's gone over the line. The pitch will have a factor in it there too. But you know what? Ulster will not forget what happened in 2016, 2017, when they had were hosting the final they went over to Glasgow it was a grass pitch right enough but they went over to Scotland and Glasgow won that controversially and uh, denied Ulster maybe a home Pro, Pro 12 final as it was then I don't. Th- I think that's still in the back of the minds and I think the other factor again is the really best thing if there's one thing that's glaring from a wonderful CV it's seeing that man lifting a trophy and I think everybody again will be rallying 100% behind Rory to get him at least into the opportunity at Celtic Park against whoever it may be Leinster or Munster 
with the opportunity, you know what, Rory, you can sign off with Ulster with a trophy held high, and he would deserve that if nobody else. Richard, great to talk to you as always. We'll be watching from afar now, a little bit of a distance for us. Our season in Connacht is finished uh, at the professional level, but uh, we'll be up again very soon. And I wish Connacht all the best. It's been a pleasure watching Connacht this year. I think the progress they have made as well, and I think it's great not just the Connacht and Ulster and the Champions Cup next year, but the other two provinces as well. And, you know, we've got a World Cup coming up. Ireland are bound to win it, aren't they? <laughs> I'll give you that. Okay, we're we're back. A lot of interviews today. Some of them went on quite quite a bit longer than normal. With Rory Best finishing off, um, we've got Dave Finn. We haven't heard him on the podcast yet. Dave, what are your thoughts on the match? Ah, the better team won. It's we look back on today. Look at the rugby, and it's ultimately boiled down to you get chances to score, and you have to take them. And the teams that took their chances from limited versus the twenty-two won both games. You could argue the team that played. Certainly, in the <laughs> Treviso played more rugby than Munster, but they didn't take their chances. We at times we played more rugby than Munster. We didn't take our chances. It's about ruthless efficiency. We got into the twenty-two in the first half and didn't score any tries. They got in once and scored a try. They got in three. I think they got in two or three times in the second half and scored a try at the end. I think it was a bit dodge, but you know, these things happen. Um, better team up. Yeah, I have to say I agree with that. Do you, Lindy? Yeah, uh, absolutely. More experienced team. Um, certainly more experienced um, and and not just as individually but in terms of where they've been competing and, and, and what competitions they've competed at for years and years you know when you led like someone like Rory Best you know who after 15 years I think he's he, you know his, his last match here in Ravenhill you have that that leadership and you have the thousands in the crowd all supporting that particular team and to be fair they did deserve to win today Connacht could have won it they needed to be more clinical they needed to start better they didn't and Ulster certainly produced the performance today that they deserved to win it they certainly did Marcel Garcia won the Man of the Match award because he was pretty profitable out there but I also I, I think there was little battles that went on throughout the game that the Ulster players won more than the Connacht players so you're looking at McCluskey seemed to win his battle um, Bundy went off I assume injured um, that he went off near the end uh, it looked like he took a knock he took a knock in the first half it definitely looked as though he took a knock um, near the end and I think if he'd been on the field at the end maybe we could have been a bit closer but you're looking at um their back row dominated our back row the second rows cancel each other out and, and more importantly their front row did not collapse the way they have done the last couple of times yeah I would I wouldn't know enough about the scrum to be confident that everything was above board there but I, I can only go on what I saw I think there was one penalty in the middle of the pitch no questions one penalty down in front of me under 22 clearly all but that was that as per usual was called by the touch judge and the referee didn't see it um, I, I have it, it's weird their front row their back row absolutely dominated but I, I can't uh, apart from weirdly the two tries I can't tell you specifically what they did and that is the sign of a girl I had to remind myself that Georgie Murphy was in the pitch but we were getting beaten up but he wasn't doing anything that was flashy it was it was what you what you want your back row to do. Not, it wasn't it wasn't flashy it wasn't offloads it wasn't it wasn't cam, you know, it wasn't Hollywood-esque it was down and dirty and today was down and dirty it was a it was a game where you there was you couldn't be flash there was no point in being flash and they they it it was i suppose traditional and they just had more tradition today than us 
Yeah, it was a real derby game. It was a real derby element to the whole thing. Um, but like the other thing for me, the thing that pleased me most, I suppose, was the number of Connacht fans that made their way up and the noise that they made throughout the day. And I mentioned it to Jared, you, you know, and he, he, you know, he really appreciates what appreciates what the fans bring and and how loyal they are. And and you know, I was reading a, an article by. Murray Kensler, who spoke with Fyinga, and Fyinga said he's never seen anything like the Connacht fans, the ones in the clan who turn up no matter what. And they did the, they did them proud. I've been travelling up here for years, as of you, Lindy. I don't think we've ever heard more than 50 or 60 maybe guys on the thing. So it was brilliant to be in what I think is one of the best rugby stadiums around and to hear Connacht fans making themselves heard. Well, it is a great stadium, isn't it? I love yeah, the stadium, it, you know. Sorry? <laughs> oh, it's my first time. It's... It, 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 it. It, defi- it is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and you know, when let's let's give credit. You, you know, you talk about the Connacht fans who were there in full force today, but those Ulster fans, you know, stand up for the Ulster man. I mean, where where does it get any better than that when they're in full force as well? And especially today with Rory Bass, you know, and the farewell that they gave him. But the Connacht fans are growing. They've been they're 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 harnessed by a team that's performing. It's it's great that they go. The team is acknowledges them that and. The, the fans really really appreciate that and you can see the genuine genuine pleasure that the players have for the fans who come here and that's that's what makes a good team and that's what makes a good organisation it does I'll tell you what we're tired we have a long trip back so we're going to finish it off here we will be back in a week or so because we're going to wrap up the season we're going to sit down and um, get all the craggy crew together and, and do a bit of a season wrap and look back on what has really been a successful season for Connor. if a disappointing finish here in Belfast bye folks loose cut it loose break out or nothing changes sad and confused don't wait until